The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network, and we've got a doozy of a show tonight. I'm Anthony Cazenza, joined by John Chern. You know, John, do you know why it's a big show? Uh, it's a big show for a lot of reasons, but why don't you tell me, Anthony? Well, I mean, of course, it's be- everybody's going to be tuning in because we're unveiling our first mock draft for the Bengals tonight. That's got to be the, the big reason why, right? Not at all. It's because... The one and only Mr. Orlando Brown Jr. is going to be joining us here. We're going to pop pop him on here in just a little bit. We're going to do something a little different for folks, though. Um, he's been doing a lot of different charitable endeavors uh, with his previous teams and whatnot. So what we're going to do, he's, he's kind of trying to identify as he gets his bearings with being in the city of Cincinnati as a new free agent acquisition. Um, he's going to be kind of doing a lot of different things to reach out to, to charitable organizations and whatnot. So if you are so inclined and you want to leave us a super chat, or if you want to hit us up on Venmo, we left those in the live chats for you. Send over a little something. We'll hang on to it. Once he and his representation identifies something that they are passionate about within the city of Cincinnati, we are going to toss over that donation, add a little funds for, on our behalf as well. But enough from me, let's bring on the big guy, the man, the myth, the legend, Orlando Brown Jr., Bengals' newest offensive lineman, arguably the biggest acquisition they have made, both figuratively and literally. Orlando, how are you, my man? Thanks for making time to be on the show. Up, oh, up. Oh. Do we have? Can you hear him, John? Uh, I cannot hear him. No, unfortunately. Let's check the mic here. We had you here earlier. Let's see. Let's see if we can. I uh, can't hear him. Uh oh. Uh oh. Hmm. Let's see. This is not the silent count. No, this is not the. He's here. He's here. He's going to come <laughs> back in. He's here. All right. Well, we'll get him. We'll get him back in here in just a second. But yeah, excited to have him here. Well, gosh, we heard him right when we were getting started with everything there. I don't know what happened there, but 
Um, we'll, we'll get him back on in just a second here. Let's see if we got him back on. Here we go. All right. right. Yes. Yes. I can hear you guys too. Yes. Good to have you. (laughs) All right. Welcome. Well, take, take two. Welcome. Good to see you and good to be here. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Thank you. Well, I was going to say, I mean, we're doing well because you are here, but you got to be doing (laughs) really, really well based on everything that's happened to you here. Um, I mean, how stoked are you to be here with it, with the Cincinnati Bengals first and foremost? And I, I guess, you know, we're, we'll respect the process that is the contract negotiation and leave some of that uh, to, to the two parties there. But I mean, how surprised were you that the Bengals were kind of in the fray there late, yeah. uh, you know, kind of as a couple of days went on and, you know, uh, they, they may have not been on the forefront of your mind, I guess, in this process, right? Yeah, no, man. I mean, it was super interesting. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, how everything kind of unfolded. Um, man, I mean, I, I couldn't have been – I couldn't be more fortunate, though, and more blessed to be able to fall into a situation like this in free agency. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy. You know, obviously, I've been on the other side of things for some time, so I've seen it grow, you know what I mean, from afar, and I've seen it, you know what I mean, coming in the league at 2018 to now, uh, you know, how far that franchise has came you know, since then. So, um, man, I mean, it, you know, obviously when I, when opportunity struck, it was, it was clear that this was a place I really wanted to be. So, yeah, I mean, this has been, I believe your longest season of your career with a 17 game schedule and then going all the way to the Super Bowl, of oh, course, yeah. you know, definitely winning the Super Bowl for sure. So how, how has this off season been like, obviously ending in the middle of February, then entering free agency for the first time is, has this first month just been kind of chaotic in ways that you didn't, didn't expect? Oh man, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. I mean, just like from, I mean, it just seemed, it seemed like the longest, shortest season ever uh, with all the games leading into free agency. Obviously the Super Bowl is the last game during the season. So I'm playing all the way through February. Um, I mean, it was crazy, man. Just the timeline of how everything kind of played out. Um, I mean, it's, 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 I haven't really necessarily had the break that I'm used to, but uh, I'm very happy about that, believe it or not. Talking with Orlando Brown Jr., the newest and biggest acquisition by the Cincinnati Bengals this spring and will quite possibly ever on the open free agent market. So stoked to be having him on the program and chatting with us. Uh, I, I got to ask you because obviously now there's there's a lot of rivalries within the AFC North. You're very familiar with one of those as it is, being a former <laughs> But and I mean, let me let me tell you, this Chiefs Bengals thing just hit like new levels the last two years because both teams have been so freaking good. Right. So I got to ask you, being in that Chiefs locker room, particularly this last year with a lot of salt coming from both sides. I mean, how what take us a little bit behind the curtain there a little bit. I mean, as as the year wore on, you got the burrow head stuff. You know, the Bengals yeah. had those three wins in a row. I mean, what, was that just like, oh, was that starting to get like inner division rival type of type of yeah, rivalry? Def- yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, man, definitely. I, I would, I would like to say I, I somewhat joined the dark side. You could say coming from like that, <laughs> looking from that perspective. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I feel like, man, these games between Cincinnati and Kansas City have been big for the last two years, just because of kind of what's at stake. You know, for uh, obviously, uh, playoff contention spots, um, AFC, you know, championship. Um, it, it's, you know, the, obviously the, the narrative between Burrow and Mahomes, 
um you know it's it's like it's kind of you know it's a lot that kind of goes on into it and you know it's a game that's kind of been created i feel like mostly based off of playoff contention and who's going to make it to the super bowl obviously being in the afc championship against each other the last few years but um i mean man I, I, coach reed does a really good job of not making any game bigger than what it is and he never once you know took it there but it's kind of understood as a player when you're lining up to play against the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, it's going to be a dog fight. You know, it's going to be a close game. And I mean, man, it's, it's every time that I've played the Bengals as a chief, it felt like a playoff like atmosphere. So, so to take me through these past two years regarding like these matchups with the Bengals, because you, you play them a handful of times, obviously with the Ravens, and then you go yeah. in to 2021, you play them twice. And obviously you, you probably have some notes that you give to your teammates about, okay, this is what I saw these past couple of years. How did those notes and just your thoughts on the Bengals defense kind of evolve in the four, three or four meetings that you played against them in the past two years? Yeah. I mean, their scheme, I mean, their scheme is crazy, man. Just, uh, you know, the different variety of coverages that they'll throw at you. Um, I mean, the, the type of guys that, you know, you're having to set against, um, linebacker core is really good. Everybody played, uh, seems like a really key role in their execution. And I mean, not often do you necessarily go against a defense where it's like, man, it's not, it's not many weaknesses, you know, in this defense, if, if any at all. And, um, man, to me, that's something that really stuck out because of the way that they ran their coverages, what they showed, what they didn't bring, um, you know, it was somewhat simple, simple, uh, their approach, but man, it was so effective. And um, those first few battles, uh, I think back to uh, last year, um, I, I, I missed, that was the only game I missed in my career, but uh, I missed that, that Cincinnati game. Obviously, I was still suited up for it, but um, that was a hard fought game uh, in the trenches, man, both sides of the ball. Uh, kind of came down to short yardage and, and some of those things, some of the, some of those big plays Joe was able to make in the past game, um, as well as the AFC Championship, kind of similar. You know, we get off to a hot start. Uh, they come down rolling. They stop us on a two-point conversion. They come out rolling the second half. And, I mean, man, it just was a, it was a competitive dogfight all the way through. And it's a team that, you know, when you're lining up against them, you can feel that this guy across from you is battle tested. You know what I mean? I can tell that, you know, this guy's playing with a chip on his shoulder that, you know, not only is this game important, but the respect. And um, man, I feel like that's something that um, the Bengals like present, you know, that type of aura. Talking with Orlando Brown, junior newest Bengals offensive lineman, left tackle for the team. And you talked a little bit of scheme about the Bengals defense there, Orlando, on the flip side there, um, what what about this Bengals blocking scheme? Frank Pollock, what he brings as an offensive line coach, he always has been harping these last couple of years about wanting glass eaters. Obviously, you are one of his dudes, you know, that he wants up there and, and protecting Joe Burrow. So, uh, I mean, what, what's got you psyched so far right now as you go into yeah. the Bengals and the system that they run on offense? Yeah, man, just, you know, it's, it's a different system somewhat, but – uh, I think it really gives me the best opportunity to display uh, my true ability. Um, in pass pro, uh, the opportunity to block one-on-one -on -one, uh, for a guy like Joe, who, uh, you know what I mean, who's who's so talented, who's who's special, um, you know, that in itself with the, with the great receivers around, the way the system kind of works hand-in-hand, uh, -hand, um, I look forward to, to being able to do that. And then in the run game, it's going to really give me the opportunity to, 
you know, displace people um, with the footwork that's required from uh, Coach Pollock and, uh, you know, the system, certain certain plays and, and gap schemes that will run will allow me to, you know, come off the ball more often than not. So I feel like it's a system that really suits my, my style of play and my body uh, the most. So, Orlando, you've been here for about a week, but surprisingly, you're not the newest Bengals offensive lineman now. Uh, in yep. that in that day, after you agreed to terms, your former teammate, Cody Ford, was in town taking a visit, and then all of a sudden he signed with the Bengals. Did you yep. know about him taking the visit? And if you did, did you reach out to him about maybe joining the team? Yeah, yeah, man. So it's crazy. Um, you know, he we were texting and talking. That's one of my best friends. We were talking in February, and uh, he was like, man, you know, it'd be crazy to go to Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, I remember telling him, like, man, you know, obviously at the time I don't know how things are going to play out. But I was like, yeah, bro, that would be insane. And, um, man, I mean, sure enough, it kind of worked out that way with, you know, him agreeing to terms the following day. Um, but he had texted me once I, you know, my, my deal had went through, like, hey, I'm going to Cincinnati tomorrow. And, man, you know, obviously he loved it. Coaches loved him. Front office loved him. And everything kind of worked out. Well, Orlando, uh, and I'm going to zoom in on you here. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you've got a picture of your father behind you there. Obviously, yeah. he was a beast in his own right. Great player. Um, one of the things, you know, in in getting to know you and speaking kind of with your with your representation and whatnot, that um, you know, there, there's this kind of story that you made uh, a promise to your dad that you know, not only would you be in the NFL, play play offensive lineman, be a star that you already are but yep. that specific role of being a left tackle. Um, yep. t- talk about that and just kind of, you know, a lot of people that, that play left tackle, it's just because, you know, they, they like the the notoriety of playing left tackle, but you've got a lot of extra motivation behind playing that specific position and a lot of drive yep. be- uh, behind that. No doubt. Um, you know, man, I, I have a two-year-old son now and, um, you know, I, I, I'm always talking to, you know, my woman and, and we're always talking back and forth and, uh, you know, about, you know, making sure that he doesn't make the same mistakes we did or he, you know, he's better than us. And, you know, my dad came in this league as a rookie mini camp invitee and, you know, was able to scratch and claw his way to a practice squad and scratch and claw his way to a starting job as a right tackle for 13 years. And, uh, you know, something he always preached to me, which he didn't even want to allow me to play football. He was really big on, you know, hey, you don't have to play this just because I did it. You know, if you play football, it's because you want to play football. And, um, you know, that was something he always harped on me was being, if I were to play it, be better than I am, but also in other areas of life. And uh, so growing up, man, I would, you know, I had a, I was really drawn to the sport uh, early on and he didn't allow me to play till I was in sixth or seventh grade, but, um, man, something I, he would always tell me because he knew I was fascinated with it was watch the left tackle. And so I grew up watching uh, Jonathan Ogden, uh, Anthony Munoz film, uh, Tony Baselli film, um, Orlando Pace, uh, Flozell Adams, all of these names I can name off. But uh, I grew up watching that in my household and I would watch those things with my dad. And so um, one of the promises that, you know, he, he one of the things he asked me when I started playing where I, when I called and you know, I'm 13 years old on the phone crying, talking to him, telling him that I want to play ball. One of the first things he says is, well, hey, if this is something you're going to do, uh, you know, you got to play a minimum of 10 years in the NFL and you got to have a Hall of Fame career. And, you know, at the time, you know, as a kid, tears in his eyes, I'm like, yeah, of course, 13 years old, of course, not understanding how hard it was. Uh, my first year of ball, man, I barely even touched the field. But, um, 
you know, it was it was kind of those type of conversations and my upbringing and things that he said that really forced me uh, or drew me to the position. And man, I mean, I've played it my whole entire life. You know, he wouldn't allow he wouldn't allow me to play anything else except for defensive tackle on the offensive line. So uh, I was at I was at been at left tackle my whole entire life. Um, you know, I might have took a few snaps there in high school, but man, it's something weird with unbalanced stuff. But um, Man, I mean, I, I and then obviously going to Oklahoma, I was strictly a left tackle there. Coming into Baltimore, um, you know, brought me in, drafted me as the right tackle, and uh, it was a learning curve there for me. It was super difficult, but man, I made it work out. Made it, made a Pro Bowl there. We end up having a heck of a season. Lamar uh, had a heck of a season, and then the following year, man, I've started eleven games, I think ten or twelve games at left tackle. So, um, and I've been there since 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 they moved me over, but. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's just long story short, I guess, but it's just really, really the passion that um, that was drawn to me from from early on from my father, man, just studying some of the greats. And I know that athletically I've got my flaws and as a player, I've got my flaws. But personally, on every single level, I don't think it's been able to affect uh, my success. So you touched on it very briefly, and I feel like we need to expand on it a little bit more because people like me and Anthony, we don't understand the difficulty that comes from yeah. going from left tackle to right tackle. Is there like a real world analogy that you can kind of equate to that transition and the difficulty? Yeah. yeah, of course, of course. Um, man, it's so many different analogies, and you know, you hear guys talk about throwing a baseball with the opposite hand. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever really been in a real fight, but asking someone to fight in an opposite stance is like, I mean, it's a super uncomfortable feeling from figuring out the timing of your punch, being able to step back on a jab, like whatever it may be, your nervous system, the way you're wired, it's different. And moving from left to right is a lot easier in my opinion than moving from right to left. But um, as a right, moving from the left to the right side, I'm having to change up obviously my initial stance um, you know, there's certain things I do as a right tackle that I don't do as a left because those muscles are a little are a lot more underdeveloped. As a right tackle, I have to have my inside foot pointed more at the defender. As a left tackle, I can have my inside foot pointing inside towards the football um, just because of like comfortability. Um, as a left tackle, I, I'm more stronger. I'm more uh, better in pass pro. Um, but as a right tackle, you know, I had to kind of develop the timing and and develop a, a certain different a different type of game, if that makes sense. So I would just compare it to boxing, really uh, someone asking you to fight in a different stance. That's interesting because we've heard I mean, I don't know from from people we respect, but, you know, yeah. goofballs like us, more or less, yeah. that uh, don't have the talent you have. And we yeah. say, you know, it's talking about like wiping with a different hand and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I'm going, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I like that analogy or not, but I mean, whatever. I guess if that's if that's how people want to do it, I, I guess that's yeah. uh, that's that, that'll that'll work. Uh, time with Orlando Brown Jr. Great to have him on the program, making some time for us. And I know you gotta you gotta get to some grub here in a little bit, uh, but we'll we'll get you out of here in just a second. But we appreciate the time, man. Um, I mean, I. I my, my co-host talked about it a little bit, um, you know, obviously with, with Cody Ford and stuff. I mean, is there anything to, I mean, you've got Mixon who played at Oklahoma, you had P Ryan on the team, you know, you guys were yep. all teammates and kind of very familiar with each other. Was there anything to, aside from obviously the role and, and contract and everything the Bengals were offering and, and what, how they've been the last couple of years, yep. but was there anything to kind of that, 
the old college days and or system and or familiarity with the running backs and that sort of thing going into also the process of signing to to Cincinnati. Yeah, man, to be honest with you, um, I know it's, it's kind of uh, here in in Cincinnati, it's it's graduated a lot, but um, somebody I looked up to my whole entire career who I studied and, and tried to implement my game after was Andrew Whitworth. And um, he had a lot of success in that system and the Rams with coach McVay. And obviously I understand that uh, coach Taylor comes from that. So, um, and it's graduated obviously to a different level in Cincinnati. They've, they've got a different style of play, but they asked the left tackle to do similar things. And uh, to me uh, throughout the process, understanding that kind of where Cincinnati was and the way that they uh, call plays and their scheme and all those things, I I felt like as a left tackle, uh, it gave me, it gives me the best opportunity to like truly flourish. And um, that was something that throughout the process, uh, obviously not a lot of teams had to offer. Orlando, if you talk to any Bengals fan, they will pretty soon or pretty quickly bring up the amount of times that Joe Burrow has been sacked. And you, your quote, zero sacks, put it on a bleeping T-shirt. Caught a lot of of buzz after the Super Bowl, after that phenomenal Super Bowl performance. Where did that kind of come from and what kind of inspired you to to make a T-shirt out of it, I guess? (laughs) That's so funny. That's so funny you say that. Um, Man, I just – obviously winning the Super Bowl is is one of the craziest, most delightful experiences uh, I've I've had to date outside of my son being born. Um, But, man, I mean – I was I was just so in the moment. Uh, I remember all week hearing 1985 Bears pass rush. They're similar to these Eagles fronts. Uh, obviously, we know statistically um, what that defensive line was able to do. So it was man, it was just so much. Uh, it was so much hype around the game in the trenches, and to be able to win that game, to not give up a single sack, it, it was just I don't know. It was just man, the t-shirt part of it just kind of came because I had a t-shirt on that says Super Bowl champs. I don't know. It was just like, it just felt right in the moment. Uh, well, hey, put it on a shirt. I love it. I love it. Exactly. Maybe you'll make another one this year as, <laughs> as uh, undoubtedly with you in the fold, the Bengals will go far again here. Uh, I mean, big question here. Number one, have you been talking with your fellow offensive linemen with the Bengals? Obviously, you've had kind of a quick interaction or a lunch with Joe Burrow. And of course, the, the real question, I'm in Southern California, so I, I, yeah. I, I don't have the chili grasp that that these that the Cincinnatians do. But here you go. Gold star skyline. I don't know. I don't know if we're putting you on the spot there, but uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Had, interactions I, with your. Go ahead. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. I hadn't had any no. chili yet. So, yeah, I don't Okay, I, I can't get the wrong right. thing yet. All right. Gold Star is the official Bengals chili, so that's the smart answer here. But the better chili is okay. Skyline. But that, that, but that, that's off the record between you and me. Yeah, okay, I don't want to yeah. beef, so I. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't start and the pun, and the pun. But but on the on the subject of beef, on the subject of beef, there was a funny story that kind of came up in uh, your opening press conference with the Bengals about how Chad Johnson kind of caught your dad off by surprise before a bang, yeah. uh, before a game in uh, Paul Brown Stadium. If Chad Johnson surprises you behind your back and jumps on you, are you also going to chase him down and try to kill him, or are you gonna maybe warm warm yeah. embrace him a little bit? <laughs> I'm a I'm a different guy, man. I'm a lot more chill. I'm, it's it's crazy because I was told that story from TJ Hushmanzada when I was in um uh I was training coming out of college. I was training in uh Los Angeles, California, in OC and uh Orange County. And uh yeah. TJ just had to be working yeah. with receivers. Yeah, man. And he kinda gave he told because my dad told me the story before when I was younger, 
you know, obviously, but man, my dad was one of those funny people that spiced up a lot of stories. So, and, you know, I believed it, but I didn't necessarily know how much truth was behind it. And hearing it from TJ's mouth, man, I was like, oh, wow. And then obviously I, I had the opportunity to talk to Chad about it at my uh, my first uh, Pro Bowl um, in 20, 2019, 2020. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, it, it was crazy. But no, I wouldn't I wouldn't chase I wouldn't chase him around. <laughs> wouldn't chase him around all right all right well uh hey, hey man um before we get you out of here um you have done a lot yeah. of charitable stuff I, I think i had read about fifty thousand dollars or so given in one solo endeavor to uh diabetes research to i believe a kansas city hospital if i'm not mistaken so yeah, um, yeah, i mean just tell us a little bit about you know your passion for that obviously some of that is attached to your father and and his memory there but uh again yep. if we can you know rally some funds and get something to something you may be passionate about and identify down the road we'd love to do it yeah yeah man so i've, I've done a ton of work with uh, children's mercy hospital out here in kansas city um for uh for me i've also done work with a uh, trial net which is basically the research of diabetes um it it allows you to kind of get ahead on the antibodies knowing what's in your body knowing uh whether you're capable of uh, getting becoming a type one diabetic, um, all of those different things. But uh, for me, man, uh, you know, obviously the cause and effect of diabetes hits home for so many different reasons. Um, you know, one being my, my dad passed of uh, ketoacidosis, which is uh, a diabetic coma. Uh, he didn't know that he had diabetes. It was it was just, uh, you know, a mishap in one of those situations where uh, oh, his sugar rose high and, and he went into a diabetic coma. And then uh, second being, my brother's been a type one diabetic since he was in fifth grade. So, um, yeah. And then my best friend, Mark Andrews, is a type one diabetic as well, man. So mm. it's just a call, it's just a cause that really hits home. And, uh, you know, I've I've been fortunate to be around a ton of people that, that manage their disease really well. And, uh, man, I, I think it's important that a lot more people educate themselves. And if I can help uh, the next kid that's, you know, looking to be the Mark Andrews or, you know, coming up here in the world, um, if I can help them out, uh, that means the world to me. Well, man, well, a, we already got one donation in the chat from Sox, who, who definitely wants to help out. And if there's anything the Bengals fans are great, they're great at identifying great causes and helping out. So you will have no issues with that here, my man. That's yeah. awesome. So I, hit, I love that. Yeah, hit us up when uh, when you know. And a big thanks to you for making the time. Um, and a big thanks to your agent, Michael Portner, as well. That dude has been really, really responsive, really awesome, and and helping us out. And I appreciate you both setting this up, hanging out with us for a while. I know we are incredibly psyched that you are a Cincinnati Bengal. Looks like you're pretty excited about it too, but uh, man, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Seriously, appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you guys so much for having me on, man. I, I can't wait to get involved in the community. Hopefully we can do some more work together. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All yep. right. Thanks, Orlando. Take care, man, and stay healthy. Have a great year. Hopefully we'll we'll get you back on soon. Will do. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate y'all, man. Who day? All right. Thanks, Orlando. Enjoy your dinner, buddy. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. 
It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right. Orlando Brown Jr. Wow. Um, I, I I mentioned his name, John, but his his agent, uh, Michael Portner, who orchestrated the deal with the, with the Cincinnati Bengals, um, he was awesome to work with to get Orlando Brown Jr. And, and, you know, credit to him, too. He seemed to want to spring at the opportunity to come on the show, talk and engage with Bengals fans and all kinds of different things. Kind of cool little connection he made there, too, when he talked about Anthony Munoz, since we've had Anthony on the show, too. So, I don't know, man, really, really cool moment for for us. And obviously, he's soaking it in, uh, being the next star. And, and great left tackle for the Bengals, really, in a long line of them. I mean, it's pretty much consensus now that he's the best left tackle that's been here since Andrew Woodworth and I don't think it's going to take much for him to really earn that title based off of who he already is but man he jumped at the opportunity to join the Bengals and he jumped at the opportunity to be on the show so he, he must be pretty excited to be in Cincinnati yeah he's he's excited about it and his um his agent noted that so really really cool and I appreciate I can't thank him enough and We'll have some we'll have some fun with uh, with that one, recalling that one, and hopefully, if you did not catch the live show of that, hopefully you come back and watch it again because it's really uh, really cool talking with him and getting to know him, and you can tell he's he's just psyched about it. I like it. I like it. Well, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. We're not going anywhere yet. We've got a we've got a mock draft to get to our first one. I know a lot of you eat up mock drafts. I know, I know, I know. We, we it's not really our thing, you know what I mean? Like I, I we do them and we like them, I guess. But I mean, John and I don't put them out there as often as a lot of our our friends and colleagues do on Twitter. We just uh, we just don't do that. I don't know. Maybe we go for quality instead of quantity. But I don't even know if we've had a real quality one at this point. <laughs> I t- I typically go for content that doesn't get me yelled at for making just one different decision. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, if you are new here, you can subscribe to the channel. Underneath John there, there is an SB Nation logo, but our show logo is even beneath that. Click that to subscribe. Click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. And of course, uh, you can get this show and the other great Cincy Jungle podcast shows, Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends, Coach Speak and Chalk Talk with Matt Minnick, Three and Out with Jason and Kevin and uh, our show on your favorite audio streamer. So go check that out. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Leave us a review there as well. We appreciate it. Yeah, here we go. I mean, already, already right here, a a, a mock to mock. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's where we're going. I have PFF queued up, John. I I can't remember which ones we've done. Quite honestly, I was kind of... Okay, yeah, I was was kind of prepping for the the interview and bringing Orlando on, um, so I didn't really get with which was the best simulator here, but uh, that's what I have queued up. If you're, if you're good with that, what are we doing? We usually do about three or four rounds. Um, what, what would you like to do here? Eh, screw it. Let's go four. All right. Okay. Must we um, let's do it. We only, uh, we only got okay. a month left, I guess. So might as well go big. I know. And by the way, don't expect like a ton of these. We do about like three. 
Uh, all right, so for <laughs> for we did speed fast uh, public sure. versus PFF board here. Do we want to balance that out a little bit? It's leaning towards public. It looks like I think um, public's fine just because PFF's just one entity and okay. You know, we all right, want the consensus board. Uh, positional value kind of lined up there. Draft for needs a little bit over halfway to more. Is that you think that's uh, accurate randomness? How, that how sort much? Of thing? How much of these things actually matter? Uh, that's okay. what I want to know. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see. All right. So we're picking for those Cincinnati Bengals starting at pick 28. Um, and based on things, uh, I, they won't be needing a left tackle. So we know that um, that's not going to be an issue. But right tackle could be in the works based on some things um, coming from the Orlando Brown Jr. signing. But let's start it up. Let's see what happens here getting real real wow it goes a little faster than i remember it going okay <laughs> so look who is at the top of the board there uh you've got an edge will mcdonald the fourth you've got josh downs you've got dewan jones uh not in need of a quarterback uh he's, he's another over michael mayer as well well i said i didn't say his name i just said look who's uh, right at the top um uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, and so, you know, and then you've got B.J. Ojulari, another edge, cornerback uh, Forbes, cornerback Cam Smith. So, I mean, there are, you know, there's some decent options here. I, I think, unfortunately, if you're talking about, as we sit here on Wednesday night, the biggest need for the Bengals is at this position, Michael Mayer, and he is the consensus top player at the at that position, um, he's ranked at the 28th best player with the Bengals picking 28th in this draft. I mean, that's kind of where you're inclined to go because need talent, et cetera, but getting edge solid edge play also can't hurt. Yeah, man. I feel like right now, I mean, there's, there's a lot to say about the Bengals current free agency hall and the fact that bringing in Orlando Brown gives you an upgrade to left tackle, but it, it creates this flux at right tackle and you have no idea what's going to happen there. I think if we were to project a month ahead of time, like they probably have a veteran tight end on the roster, but we just have no idea when that's going to happen. If it's going to be Foster Moreau, if it's going to be maybe a, an older stopgap option, we have no idea, but we, we can't assume that they're going to go into the draft with just Devin Asiasi and two guys who are on the practice squad last year. So I, I, I want to project that they sign a tight end and they don't have to go tight end here. And that would lead me to go to Dewan Jones, which makes a lot of sense to me. But as of right now, like Mayer's staring at me in the face and I have nothing at tight end. So that might be where I lean. Yeah. I mean, this, this one would be hard to say no to. Right. Um, and here's, here's my, this is a, a decent class for tackle, obviously. And tight end is uber deep in this yeah. class. So could you get, on night two, you know, potentially a Dalton Kincaid or the kid from Iowa, you know, I mean, could you get someone like that? And like you say, maybe, maybe they are now because Austin Hooper just signed, you know, a deal. Maybe that's a framework for a Foster Moreau deal with the Bengals. Um, of course he was also flirting with, was it the saints? Um, so, uh, you know, maybe that's also something they work up with him, but, uh, I mean, the framework is there for a Foster Moreau deal, probably something that would be more of a two or three year deal instead of a one year. But this is, um, you know, I think it has to come down to one of those two guys. Uh, so breaking news, um, Foster Moreau just tweeted out 
that while taking a physical with the Saints medical team, he's learned that he has uh, he has Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he is stepping away from oh football. Oh my god! Oh my yeah. god! So that explains a lot about what's wow. been happening or not happening in recent days. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well. Um, now, I mean, not that is. I hope he is okay with from that. Wow, that is bombshell news. Um, I think at this point, since you currently have Jonah Williams, and now that it would seem that Foster Moreau, one of the lone solid veterans on the open market, is now going to step away from football for health reasons. I think. I think we now maybe emphasize Mayer here. Do we not? Yeah. Um, I, I still think that Dewan Jones is definitely going to be in the conversation here, but I feel like if Mayer is there and they like the, the draft will also determine like what happens with Jonah Williams too. Like I don't foresee him getting dealt beforehand. And I feel like if they have him on the roster and there's a player that they want more than a tackle, then they would still take the player who's not the tackle. They would try to work something out with Jonah. So I, I know like a lot of people want Dewan Jones here, but like if if they just have nothing to tie in, I can't see them passing up on Mayor. All right, so we're going Mayor. Yeah, sure. Okay, probably not the most popular from some. I'm seeing some folks clamor for Dewan Jones, but um, you know there are uh, there's. I mean, the Bengals have technically people on the roster who can be starting players for them at the, at right tackle, be it Jonah Williams, if he even will do that, be it even Cody Ford, who hasn't played right tackle for a couple of years, who they just signed. Um, and then of course they've got Leo Collins. You know, I mean, there's a lot to monitor there. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's just see here now. Uh, quarter quarterback, wide receiver, a corner, Garrett Williams out of Syracuse, a couple of edge players, a safety, Sidney Brown out of Illinois, uh, Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, and then of course Charbonnet, which is dependent upon the Mixon situation. There, um, what what are you thinking at first blush here? Man, I I know who the Bengals will probably pick in this scenario. I think everything that has and hasn't happened in agency tells you what they're going to do at running back in the draft they they have a formula right they have they have a veteran on the roster in this case it's joe mixon and then they enter the second round a year before they're going to probably release that veteran or get, or just move on from him and they take a, a running back in the second round and they met with zach charbonnet 
at the combine. He checks a lot of their boxes. Again, like they need someone to replace Pirine. I, I don't think that there's a tackle here that I, I would probably take, and you already have a tight end. So I, I Charbonnet makes a lot of sense for them. And and honestly, like the only guy that I would probably take over him right right here is uh, the cornerback from Syracuse, maybe. Yeah. I'm kind of in agreement with you here. Um, too early for Hodges Tomlinson, I think. Um, Eli Ricks, interesting player. Um, let's just look at real quick if we can filter. Oh, we had trade. We had trade. <laughs> Forgot about this whole deal. Um, trying to see what. Okay, so. What do they? Oh, is, is there five offers on the table? I'm confused. Uh, I'm not seeing five. Yeah, I only see the race. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's so let's filter to offensive tackle. And I mean, you're looking at guys that are probably more, yeah. you know, third round options at this point that are available. So tackles that run on tackles did go. Um, I think there was, yeah, so there was a run on tight end as well to, you know, you got Musgrave, um, Laporta went, Darnell Washington went. So at this point too, when you look at what would have been left at, at tight end, um, let's take a look at that. I mean, I I think either way you were going to miss out on a position here. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have Tucker Craft, I guess, uh, kind of a project guy, but a guy who excites some folks. Schoonmaker, I mean, he's down. So, again, um, you know, at that position, we would have lost out on a lot of players how this fell, too, right? Yeah. Um, so, let's clear that. And I think you are correct. I think the Bengals probably will go here with Charbonnet, and I think we're going to draft there to, for the sake of time. Hopefully you're okay with that, John. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to make a the executive decision. Well, I mean, Laporta round two. Yeah, he was already gone, Robert, by the time the Bengals. Uh, Tanner McKee just keeps falling. I don't think he's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is where you could go. Okay, there's an edge. Carl Brooks uh, out of Bowling Green. Uh, McBride now kind of popping up the list here. Uh, Hodges Tomlinson. Uh Moro Ajomo. So there are a couple of guys here. Let's see where, where we're at with tackle. Ooh, boy. Those yeah, there's went, no one, there's no one here to yeah. yeah. If they want to tackle, they're gonna to have to draft one in the first two rounds, which is why right. Dewan Jones is a definite likely target. We just yeah. happen to not go with him this time. I think Garrett Williams, though, is just staring at you in the face here in the third. Yeah. I think you got to go that route. Um, you think that's uh, the the route to go? Yeah, I, I think they haven't re-signed Eli Apple. They have no depth at boundary cornerback. They need long-term answers. It makes sense. Okay. Garrett Williams, it is. Okay. That really was shell-shocking, man. I, we do not normally believe I, I, I can't believe that. That's, like, disheartening, to say the very least. Good Lord. And, and, um, yeah. <laughs> And that poor guy, he's trying to probably, you know, leverage into a second. It's a second decent contract, right? So, I mean, it was, yeah. or his second contract and this thing hits you in the face. That's, oof, man. Um, 
Okay. So here we are now. A lot of edge guys. Safety Ronnie Hickman. Um, do we dare talk about wide receiver if you want a wide receiver four? Potentially. I mean, I'm not not I, at this point I'm not really in any position now necessarily. Like obviously we haven't taken a tackle at at this point, whatever tackle we take is not going to make much of a difference in terms of competing mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. In terms of other needs, what you have defensive tackle, um, you have potentially edge rusher, and then I mean now like you you probably consider double dipping at tight end, right? If you want to take advantage of such a good mm-hmm. class, I, I feel like that's a legitimate option as well. Let's look at tight end here. So this is what's available. Here's your boy right here, or a yeah. lot of people's boys right there. Uh, we are in round four, so this might be where people take a chance on a Josh Wiley. Um, talk talk to me about him a little bit, because you are obviously more familiar with him than I am. I know a bit about him, but tell me, talk to me about him. So I think he would compliment Michael Mayer very well. If, if Mayer is your... I know people have compared him to Jason Witten. It might be, I mean, Jason Witten played a long time and he didn't end his career like like a vertical threat necessarily. So that so the perception of that comparison might be skewed. But I feel like Wiley is more of a vertical threat compared to, to Mayer. He's maybe he may not be as nuanced of route runner and, and all that. But I think athletically he brings you a little bit more upside. He can probably do more things down the field. And yeah, I think both of them would complement each other pretty well. And again, if you're just completely rebuilding this position group from ground up, it's tough to rely on rookie tight ends. But if you have two of them who you feel like can contribute immediately and you can rotate them in and out and you can do different things with them, I feel like that that, that would be something the Bengals would be interested in for sure. Okay. Well, I mean, how are you feeling about value at this at this spot? Because this would be I we're mean, picking at what? What yeah. is this one? What are we at here? One thirty-one. Yeah, uh, and then you know he's ranked between one seventy to low one eighties by you know public or PFF standards. There, I mean, I I don't know. Let's I guess let's take a look quickly at. Um, did we look at interior? Is there anyone in here? Uh, Zavala from NC State. Jarrett Patterson from Notre Dame. Interior offensive lineman, Kirkland. Yeah, I just these names. Nah, I don't know them. <laughs> to okay. be honest with you. No, I got you, man. Uh, okay, so let's look at Edge. There's a couple. Uh, Fahoko. That's a that's a familial name in the NFL. Uh, I think Simi and there's another another brother, uh, Fahoko. That so there's a lot of lineage there. And Viliami from San Jose State, uh, that would appear to be pretty good value, as would Abdullah from Louisville. And then, of course, again, the conversation of safety, John. Does that uh, – you lose two, you are going to ascend one that you drafted last year in the first round, and then you bring in Nick Scott. You've also got Tyson Anderson waiting in the wings. Is that a position where you go, maybe that's where they dip here? They have – you know, obviously more in Marvin Lewis's era, but, um, you know, they have used those rounds three to five at times on safeties. I'm thinking back to, you know, Aloka and Sean Williams and many, many others that, that they've gone that general area. 
um, those mid rounds for a safety that they think could be a long-term player for him. Yeah. I think much like last year, how Anderson Tyson Anderson lasted the fifth round and then they traded up for him. They took two safeties last year. Obviously they needed long-term depth, but we didn't really expect that, but it just happened to be that Anderson was by far the best player on their board. So if something similar like that happens, even though they signed Nick Scott, and I think they want a larger role for Tyson Anderson, I could see them going safety sometime here. Um, if Hickman is that guy, then then so be it. But like I, I wouldn't expect a safety to be drafted like before like the very last couple of rounds, or maybe just a priority free agent, just because I feel like they're comfortable with where that room is right now, and especially in the fourth round. Like just just checking the box here, we're expecting a tight end. We're expecting a running back. We're probably expecting to tackle, but again, it just didn't happen in this draft. And then there could just be a, either a pass rusher or whatever the case may be, or a cornerback uh, filling out there. So we have most of the boxes checked right now around four. And if a safety is the best player available here, I could see it. But um, again, like I'm not too familiar with Ronnie Hickman, unfortunately. Yeah. I, so I think those top three names, you know, stand out to you, at least in terms of their, their best available but again, I, I do go back to tight end, John, because that cupboard is so bare and this yeah. class is so deep. And this priority, it seems very, um, <laughs> I don't know, I guess the, 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 the scales have tipped so heavily one to one side in terms of how we have drafted here. Um, you know, I, I, it's hard to take another tight end, but I mean, the, the, this seems to be an off season where yeah they're going to get the, the the defensive pieces here and there but this seems to be more offensive line help get more explosive on offense add more team speed and get younger and faster on that side of the ball um and you know maybe Wiley is that guy yeah i i'm i mean i'm not, I'm not going to say no like i feel like he he might be a reach on this board, but I feel like the fourth round, fourth fifth round, is probably where he's going to go. So we we only have one more pick, so I'm down with it. All right, because we've been having some people ask for it, because he is your dude from UC, <laughs> we are going to do it here. And that I see what you did. You just put it all on me, right? You just put yeah, it all. That's on right. Me right there. That's right. I'm I'm yeah. a I'm a blame passer. That is that is 100 percent 100 percent where I'm at here um, and uh, give us the grade. Give us the grade. Well, not yeah. great, Bob, not great, Bob, not great. Uh, C plus what's, C plus Garrett Williams was an A plus. What's so the overall wonderful. grade? What's the overall grade? A B that's B. passing. Are you kidding me? That's, that's my college career right there. <laughs> that does look like my transcript right about there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that looks uh, depending on whether we're talking general education or are we talking, we talk in major courses, but yeah, C plus, C plus, A plus, F, and we went offensive heavy. We did get the one cornerback and Garrett Williams there, but um, some toys and or potential blocking help a bit in the form of Michael Mayer uh, with with the tight end there. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, just a guy, again, not a not a absolute speedster or anything, but a guy that is just a, an incredibly well rounded back. A guy we'll have to probably profile on this show going forward a little deeper. Garrett Williams was a steal in the third round there, um, and that that's just a again a position that I think the Bengals could use. Um, and then we went tight end again, hometown guy Josh Wiley did not get the the love there from PFF. But here's you know I mean all all things considered, I mean I could see 
that mayor pick being Dewan Jones. I could yeah. see Charbonnet being a tight end then in that in that regard. Um, and then, of course, maybe you would think that, uh, you know, to end night two, they would go de- defense in some capacity there. But, um, yeah, I mean, tough decision to make. That was a little bit more pressing need, especially with the news, the you know, very unfortunate news you broke on Foster Moreau. So that's kind of where we had to lean there because the cupboard is just so bare at that position group for the Cincinnati Bengals, the tight end spot. So um, maybe not the most popular draft, maybe not the, the favorite. I think Joe Burrow would like a lot of that, but yeah. um, <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's just kind of what matters there. But we'll we'll see there. But uh, a highly mockable mock. There we go. Yep. Yep. There we go. And then, but Keith gives us the nice draft. Thank you, Keith. Thank you. John, let's let's get out of here. We've had a jam show. We've crammed a lot in, and it's been under an hour. We've we've had an expedited show, but an awesome one, and not so much thanks to our mockable mock draft, but because of Orlando Brown Jr. That was fun, and again, a big thank you to Michael Portner, his representative, his agent, helping us coordinate that. Yeah, man, um, we've had uh, phenomenal guests on this show in recent years. I think back to Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, this past July, uh, Sam Hubbard's been on multiple times. Uh, we've had Vince Legends, and I feel like Orlando Brown's probably on his trajectory at this point. I mean, four-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champ at left tackle. Like, there's not not much of a higher-profile guest that you can possibly figure up. So thank you guys for joining in. Thank you to, to Sox and anyone else who's donated to uh, whatever Orlando decides to really focus in and hone in on. Once he gets to Cincinnati, again, Bengals fans are just elite when it comes to just supporting players' causes and causes that matter. So I have no doubt that you guys and everyone else who follows the Bengals is going to pitch in and help out Orlando once he gets here, man. Yeah, we'll do we'll do some more from our our own pockets as well, and we'll probably let that um, let that run here. Maybe we'll do you know something that uh, another couple shows here where. We, we let those donations come in. But again, if you want, you can send a Venmo to at Orange and Black Insider on Venmo, um, or you can give us a super chat. I'm trying to think of another way they could they could support there. I don't know, John, but uh, because there's not at this point, and I think that maybe is a little gray area for people right now, but um, the point is, is we would kind of keep that into, into escrow. We would keep that on hand for him. And then, of course, when something is specifically identified or he wants to do something, or maybe we hear just uh, something that he does and we can just kind of say, hey, we'll, we'll tack on our donations as well. But uh, we appreciate him. We appreciate all of you tuning in live. Um, this, was a, this was a hell of a fun show. That's for sure. Don't say the E word around Bengals fans. They might get might get a little triggered. The the escrow word. Uh oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm, yeah. And that's also a big day job term for me. So yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I guess that's why it's top of mind. But at any rate, thank you all. Uh, appreciate it, John. Thank you, man. This is this was a fun one, and uh, we'll we'll catch up soon, my friend. Yeah. Talk to you guys soon. All right.